The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question. And this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. I'm your host, Carrie McCauley, and today, my gosh, we are in for such a treat. We are here with Liam McKelvey, who is a quad amputee who believes that everybody can achieve their goals and ambitions, regardless of how many limbs they have. And by embracing certain mindsets, Liam has overcome seemingly impossible challenges, and he believes that these attitudes can be embraced by absolutely anybody. He's a motivational speaker and founder of Zero Limits. Liam, thank you so much for being here and welcome. That's no problem at all. Thank you very much for having me on. Ah, you bet. So... I mean, this podcast is called Choose Unstoppable, and I created it to really highlight stories of ordinary people overcoming extraordinary circumstances. Uh, And so I'm so grateful for you sharing your story with us because I know people are going to get so much that they can relate to in their own lives, even obviously without ever having a limb amputated. The things that, you know, that we have to overcome with our mindset in any dark window is where you're really going to be able to provide some value. But if I can ask you just to kind of set the stage for us a little bit, can you take us back just to how this came to be um, that you find yourself in the situation that you, you had your limbs amputated? Can you just give us a little backstory and then we'll take it from there? Yeah, I'll I'll try and be brief because it's quite a long story. (laughs) No, take your time. Yeah, it was the day before my second birthday, I fell ill and my family took me to the hospital because they noticed a rash on my tongue. And it was upon arrival at the hospital, they diagnosed me with meningococcal septicemia, which is basically a hybrid of meningitis and sepsis. So it's quite deadly. Mm. Now, I live in a small city called Dundee and they didn't have the means to treat this disease. So they put me in an ambulance and took me through to Glasgow. But by the time that we arrived in Glasgow, the condition had worsened to the extreme that the the doctors said that this was the worst case that they had seen in years, probably decades, and I was as good as dead. And they did say that if I did survive, miraculously, somehow, I would probably be so brain damaged that I wouldn't be able to speak, I wouldn't be able to see, and I probably wouldn't be able to hear. So um, (laughs) in order to try and stop the disease from killing me entirely, the the, the only option really was to amputate. And they amputated all four limbs, so both legs below the knee, the left arm above the elbow, and the right arm through the elbow. And still, this wasn't guaranteed to save my life. It was just a last resort. Mm. And uh, thankfully, it did the trick. (laughs) Here I am today to tell the tale. But uh, that part of my story doesn't really have much of an effect on me personally, because Mm -hmm. I was so young, I was only two years old, I can't really remember it. 
the the challenge for me was having to grow up with no hands and no feet, which is extremely difficult in a world that is developed for people with hands and feet. If you think about it, every single human-made object, it's made for the ease of hands. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. So I, throughout my entire childhood, had to adapt to this world, and I had to find my way of doing things. And along the way, I, I eventually got there. I, I joke that just by holding my two arms together, I could hold a pencil, and I've, I've got better handwriting than most people with hands. <laughs> and the reason for that is just this understanding from a young age that if I didn't push my own boundaries, I would never know what my true capabilities were. And I'm going to be honest, that's the case for everybody. The only difference with me was that I didn't really have a, a choice. <laughs> I couldn't fail. I needed my entire life quality depended on how much I pushed myself, which is why time and time again, I continue to do so. And uh, to be honest, I had quite a positive childhood. However, in my teenage years, I became quite anxious and depressed mm. and I sort of I let the situation get on top of me so the uh, the attitudes that I built in my early childhood kind of disappeared had a rough time got to university dropped out became unemployed <laughs> hit rock bottom and eventually I realized that you know what I can use the mindsets that I used as a child to build my own career and help other people through their toughest times and that's basically a summary up till today. And for the last, I think it's been 14 months now, sorry, 16 months, I have been basically on this journey to try and improve other people's lives using my own experiences. You know, I'm so grateful that you found yourself now understanding the difference you can make for others and that all of those lessons and the you know the perseverance that it would have taken was in fact your greatest gift to be able to share with other people if i could ask you just a few specific questions like i can only imagine there were some dark windows and you talked about in adolescence and obviously even just when you left university and and you know you were unemployed for a certain amount of time those are some darker windows that I think, you know, many of us have found ourselves in a darker times. What, what did you do? Or, you know, what were some of your practices to pull you through? Because I, I can only feel as though if you can in those moments and share how you did it, then we must be able to apply those certain tools. Yeah, it's a... Uh... <laughs> After dropping out of university when I hit rock bottom, I uh, it, it took time to get myself to a frame of mind where, so for example, it took me 12 months just to work up the courage to start looking for jobs. That's yeah. how hard it hit me. So for anybody listening that is going through tough times, you need to recognize that there isn't a magic trick that changes everything overnight. And what changed my view on life and my perspective was uh, it was actually, it was a TEDx video. I was meant to be watching, sorry, I was meant to be applying for jobs and I ended up distracted. I watched the TEDx video and in the TEDx video, the guy, his name's Adam Leipzig, he talks about finding purpose and he basically sums it up saying, think about the experiences or the qualifications you have 
and then think about how you can use those experiences or qualifications to improve your life or the lives of others. And that's when the suffering that I went through suddenly had a meaning and had purpose. And it was from that day forward that I vowed to myself that I was going to be the best version that I could possibly be. So with this attitude of continual self-improvement and self-development, just creating this refined version of myself, it then eventually created this attitude that was, even when I fell back, even when I had a bad day or even a bad week or bad month, it wasn't even half as bad as my worst times because it's this continuous kind of upwards movement. So even when it slightly drops, it's much better than where I was before. So that what got me through was sort of, it was finding purpose. It was finding mm. a meaning in my life. And to, to be honest, I feel that without meaning, life in itself is meaningless. <laughs> I'd love to take it one step further and just say, what would your advice be? I mean, I certainly heard, you know, don't rush, like that there is no time. But if someone listening is in that moment in their lives, what would you say to them? Like if you could go back to yourself in that moment and give yourself a piece of advice, what would that be? Ask for help. <laughs> that, that was, I, 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 honestly, I completely forgot to mention that, even though that is one of the key factors that changed my life, other than that TEDx video, was the... Uh, it was just after my 21st birthday, I think it was a week after, and I was in denial about how depressed and how anxious I was, and I had been since an early teenager, but I finally admitted it to myself, went to the doctors and asked for help. And it was in that moment that basically I accepted, I, I didn't accept anything less, I said, I'm going to fix this. And by asking for help, I allowed other people who have more experience with dealing with my problems than I probably have and more knowledge and more expertise and allowed them to help me, such as a psychologist. So if there is somebody listening to this and you are struggling, to be honest, the, the first step isn't watching TEDx videos, it's <laughs> asking for help. It's, and it doesn't necessarily need to be professional help, it could be just speaking to a friend or a family member about how you feel and just sort of releasing the pressure because I bottled it up for years and the pressure built and built and built until mm. it completely exploded and took my life completely off the rails. And perhaps if I asked for help at an earlier date, maybe that wouldn't have happened, but you can't change the past. I think I can think of many times, even in my own personal experience, where we can be very resistant to sharing some of our darker thoughts and our darker times either we don't want to be a burden or we feel some sense of shame, like we shouldn't be feeling that way. Uh, and the truth is, every time I hear stories of people who do reach out, it's always for the better. Whether for, like you said, just to let off some of the pressure you're putting on yourself, that gets released, or the fact that somebody actually can help you and you don't have to be so alone. Um, yeah, that's so great. And so then you have this kind of revelation which I'm so, so grateful for, that you're going to find meaning in all of this kind of, you know, this, I'm sure, sometimes, you know, unfathomable journey of how did it end up this way for you. And so you have this realization. And I can only imagine just like any other human being, were you just great, I'm going to be a speaker now. And it was like this natural thing. Were there any reservations about, you know, because 
even when you get the call to find your path, you're not necessarily, at least in my experience, all of a sudden completely trained for it or ready for it, or you still, you know, all your inhibitions are gone. What was your experience when you had the moment to say, okay, well, I guess now I'm going to serve and I'm going to become a motivational speaker from someone who was just unemployed for, you know, 18 months in their darkest moment. How did that transition feel and what did you have to overcome to get to here? Again, it wasn't a complete overnight change. (laughs) It it took a bit of time to kind of get things in place and convince myself that this was the answer because I, I knew if I was going to do it, I had to go all in full force and take no half measures. When I found out, or when I decided that very day to become a speaker, I didn't know if that was a thing or not. It's, it wasn't a profession I'd ever really heard of. So, for example, watching TEDx videos, I thought for the most part that that's just what people occasionally do in their free mm. time. I didn't realise that you could actually build a career speaking to people and helping them. So the first stage for me was actually just finding out what it's all about and how to do it. And then I spent a few months just planning, just trying to figure it out. And then inevitably, I took the planning too far. (laughs) I made like three (laughs) business plans. And even when I went into business, the plan went out the window within two weeks. It was completely irrelevant. So I I probably wasted too much time planning instead of just biting the bullet and going for it. But it's uh, yeah, it, it took a bit of time. It took I think it was four months for me to Mm. actually work up the courage to say, yeah, this is it, I'm doing it. This is how I'm going to define myself now. When people ask me what I do, I'm no longer going to say that I'm unemployed. I think so many of us can hide out in the comfort of the planning stage, knowing that the toughest piece, whether we're conscious of it or not, the toughest piece is actually you know, declaring who we are and what we do to the world. You know, we have fears of being judged or fears of saying it and then changing our minds or not wanting to follow through or failing. All of that stuff comes up. But when we're planning or writing business plans or, you know, creating courses or doing the things that we're doing behind the scenes, a lot of, you know, my audience is, um, you know, entrepreneurs who are just starting out, who have a dream, who are, you know, where you were just, you know, a, a, a couple of years ago. Um, and so I think that safe space can, you know, definitely keep us there for longer than need be when sometimes just jumping in the pool and figuring it out while you're in there can be the most rewarding, easier said than done for sure. Uh, so now you're speaking and uh, again, I think that's incredible. And I know that you said, uh, we, we had a little chat that you have kind of this three-step system that I'm dying to hear what it is, like something that's tangible that we can take away and say, okay, so here I am with whatever obstacle or challenge is in front of me. What are, what is your kind of three-step system? That's easier to say than it sounds like. What's your three-step system that pulls you through, that you turn to? Uh, The disclaimer I'm going to give beforehand (laughs) is I didn't actually follow this system in my childhood that was kind of subconscious so it's only now afterwards that I look back at my experiences in my early childhood when I had no limits and I managed to kind of categorize it and file it into something that could then be taught to other people and analyzed 
And the three stages essentially are in order, mindset, action, and resilience. And mindset is first because that is key. If you don't think you could do something, mm-hmm. then you're not going to do anything towards making that happen. So for example, I have learned to walk on multiple pairs of legs, <laughs> prosthetic <laughs> legs. And uh, But if I didn't think at the very start that I would one day be able to walk on my own pair of legs, I would never have learned to walk as many times as I have. In the same way I said earlier, I learned to write. However, if I believed at the very start I wouldn't be able to write because I've not got any hands, then I wouldn't have even tried. So mindset is crucial. Mindset is the first stage. But you can't just think yourself into a better existence and a better reality. You, you need to take action. You need to make it real at some point. And this is, this is the difficult part, going from the plan into the action. Because I think a lot of comfort with making plans is that it feels like you're doing something. Because mm-hmm. you're planning something, you think, oh, I'm, I'm making progress here. However, you don't want to take that step towards making it happen because you don't want to step beyond your comfort zone. But when you step beyond your comfort zone, you learn new skills and new things, such as a guy with no hands learning to write and walk. But the, uh, so for example, who we are today is due to everything that we have done up till now. So if we want to become anything more, we're going to need to do something that we've never done before. So that's one of the key points of the action. Then finally, you've got resilience, which again is even more difficult because you need to stick at it. Mm. And I think we all know what it's like to plan something, take action, and then it doesn't work according to the plan. As I said, my business plan went out the window within (laughs) two weeks. And I could have easily at that point just said, no, this isn't going to work. But if you figure out if you learn from your mistakes, if you look at what it is that you have done and how you could work around the obstacles and perhaps utilize some of the opportunities that the obstacles actually present in reality, mm-hmm. then who knows where you could end up. And this this whole process, <laughs> it helped me throughout my entire childhood. It's now, after my tough times, helping me build a career. It's helping mm-hmm. me help other people. And I believe that this could be used in more or less any aspect of your life, whether it be building a happy family, whether it be finding happiness yourself or building a business or aiming for a promotion, it it doesn't matter. It's universal. I love the third step being resilience because I think oftentimes that's the part we don't plan for. Like our plans are so well thought out and there are kind of details and steps to take but we don't plan for, well, what happens when it doesn't go that way? And we start telling ourselves less than helpful things about how competent we are, how good we are, how likely this is to happen. Those are the kinds of things that we don't plan for. And so to have resilience built into your process, I think is so critical. It's almost to expect that, hey, when things don't go exactly as you've spent all your time planning, you've got to stick at it and that everybody goes through that. I I couldn't help but feel when you were sharing, you know, about, because I, and I love that you've packaged up what you went through as a child. I I have a two-year-old, I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old, but I have a two-year-old. And so I am watching her learning how to do all these things. Like you talked about learning to walk on multiple legs and having to figure out how to write without hands in a world 
that wasn't designed for utensils and, you know, situations where we don't have hands. And I think to her, and we all learned how to walk on a pair of legs at some point, the same way that you did, you, you've just had to obviously continue to do that. You've had to take the resilience of a two-year-old and maintain it through your life. So it's not that we've never had it. It's not that I, as someone with limbs, never had to figure out how to use these hands or these legs. I, I had to do it in the same way. It's just then the world conformed around me so that I lost the practice of having to keep figuring it out. And in your situation, you've had to, in order just to have a, a quality of life, relearn and relearn in every situation and, and, you know, that's turned you into a bit of a superhuman, in my opinion, where you have mastered what we stop really mastering once we've learned how to walk on this pair of legs. And then we don't need, we don't have the, we don't have the requirement for resilience as much anymore. Now, all that to say to anyone listening is that you did it once. We can absolutely do it again. Uh, and to say to you, Liam, that you're super huge, like you have become superhuman in my, in my humble, humble opinion. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your story. I'm so grateful that your resilience has gotten you to this point and that you, you recognize it and it's, you know, going to carry you so much further. I'm so sure of it. I'm so grateful for you taking the time today. Can you share just before we wrap this up where we can find you, where we can learn more about you? Where can we get a little more Liam in our lives? Yeah, you can find me on more or less all the major social media platforms, including LinkedIn as Liam McKelvey, so just my name. But you can also find me under my username or at my website, which is zero limits with a B, Z E R O. L-I-M-B for Bravo, I-T-S. So it's like zero one, zero one. That's so smart. My, yeah. my attempt at humor. <laughs> uh, it was um, amazing when I saw yeah. it. I couldn't help but be like, oh, it's so smart. And just, it was just such a great brand. Uh, yeah, just so great. And I'll be sure to post all of those links in the show notes as well yeah. um, so that people can find you. Liam, thank you so, so much for taking the time to share with us. Thank you for being someone in this world who has turned their own challenges into a way to serve others. Because without stories like this, we aren't as clear what we're capable of. Without witnessing what you're capable of, we aren't as clear of what we're capable of. And so just thank you for being someone who does that. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you bet. Okay, everyone, we're going to sign off here. Um, thanks for tuning in. We have another epic episode next week. Uh, and you can check out the show notes here for all of uh, the ways that we can get in touch with Liam from this point forward. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.